We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, it's an honor to be here with you this morning. Um, I believe God has a word in store for us. Um, I have the honor of kicking off the series, When God Don't Make Sense. And let me just take a few minutes just to honor Pastor Jake and Tara and their heart for Kokomo, Indiana, and for you. Um, I've, I've, I've got a lot of good friends, uh, but I only have a few great friends. And Jake is one of those great friends. So you guys, I spoiled you. I said that last time I was here. Y'all got a great pastor, great leader. And so, man, pray for them. Love on them. Uh, man, just if you want to hate, just go do it at the other church. You feel me? Um, I have no filter. I'm not here to impress you. What you think about me, I really don't care. My wife loves the heck out of me. And I know God loves me and my kids love me. So that's all that matters. Uh, but I will speak the truth in love. Uh, because I am a messenger of God, I must speak the truth in love, but it will be the truth. And just know that I love you. Um, amen? amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for the honor of being here. I really do count it an honor and a privilege. Holy Spirit, I invite you in this place. You will not be grieved. You will not be offended. I give you complete reign and authority. Holy Spirit, I ask you to articulate the Father's heart through my voice to his people. I pray that every ear is open, every heart is open, every mind is open to receive that which you have for us. So I ask you to invade this space. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by your spirit. And so I give you reign. I give you freedom, Holy Spirit. Do in us what you will in Jesus' name. Amen. So I am originally from Chicago. I'm going to share my short version of my story for the sake of time. But I think you hearing my story, if you haven't heard it, would give you an idea of why I am and who I am. Um, today. So I grew up in the projects on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I come from six generations of poverty, gangs and drugs. Uh, my grandmother was a single parent raising nine kids on welfare in the projects. And uh, when I was 10 months old, my mother was murdered at the age of 17. And so my mom had my brother at 14, had me at 16, and she was shot in the head at 17. Never met my father. Don't know who he is. My family don't know who he is. Uh, my uncle was in the gang. He was murdered, shot in the head at 17. My aunt was in a domestic violent relationship. Her boyfriend murdered her at 28. And I had another aunt that died at 15 from a brain tumor from asbestos in the projects. And so I grew up um, after nine kids. My grandmother raised four died. She raised nine grandbabies on welfare in the project. So I grew up with a huge question mark on top of my head of who am I, why am I here? Completely rebelled. No vision, no purpose, no desire for anything. Uh, just really survival. And my grandmother did the best she could with what she had. Um, she had one rule in her house, and it was, I, I don't care what you do between 8 and 3.30, just don't come home. And so she raised nine kids. Now she raised nine grandkids, so school hours was vacation. Come on, somebody. And so no one in my family went to school. No one finished high school. No one went to college. So education was on the back burner. Uh, there was two main reasons why I went to school. Number one, I got a free meal. I was on a hot lunch plan. And so there were times I would come home, and I'm hustling, eating syrup sandwiches, Sugar sandwiches, literally trying to survive. And the second reason why I went to school, I love gym class. Come on. I don't know what PE is. I went to gym, right? 
old school red dodgeball print to the face. How many of y'all remember the red dodgeball? How many guys remember that dodgeball day was fight day? You just knew you was finna fight getting hit with that thing. Now they got these Tickle Me Elmo dodgeballs. You get hit, you start laughing. No, it's a different generation. Uh, but I love Jim, picked up a basketball, and um, I, began, I became really good. It helped me escape reality, helped me escape pain. Um, I was in a gang by 12, selling crack cocaine by 14, barely graduated the eighth grade, made it to high school by a miracle. I was the man in high school, did whatever I wanted with whoever I wanted. I was starting point guard all four years, turning my king, homecoming court, all that stupid stuff, right? They tell you to seek popularity, but nobody tell you at the end that it's empty. And I was that dude. And so I was being recruited for basketball, had a lot of schools looking at me, but I scored a 14 on my ACT. You know, you ain't going nowhere. And so I took a scholarship to a community college. I played one year of basketball there. And when I was 19 years old, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed my life. My cousin was the leader of a gang. He had nearly 300 kids under his authority. They carried dope for him. They carried guns for him. He met this girl, walked her home. My dad locked him in the living room, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to him, and he gave his life to Christ. We met back up, told me about Jesus. I surrendered my life to Christ, finished at that community college with an associate's degree, went on to get my bachelor's and master's degree, been married 10 years, and my wife and I served full-time as a chaplain to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And so when God don't make sense, if I can get a, give a subtitle to this message, it would be the encounter. Why is it that a God want to encounter people like us? It doesn't make sense. Why? Why does a loving God, holy God, righteous God want to encounter some knuckleheads? Come on. It don't make sense. And so if I could lay a foundation for this message, it would be that God encountered man first. You guys heard me say this last time when God created Adam, the Bible says he created him in his image. That word image means to take a photograph of. God took a selfie and made you. God been killing a selfie game way before this generation. So he made a selfie in Adam. The Bible also says that he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. That word breath literally translates a piece of God himself. So he looked like his daddy and his daddy is living in him. So that was the entire intent for man. God wanted to walk intimately with man. It wasn't like God created us and he was like, yo, I'm in heaven, peace out, y'all chill on the earth. The text is very clear that God walked with Adam, kicked it with Adam. They hung out. We know the story. Adam and Eve sinned. God, you know, had to go to heaven, take care of some business. The Bible says he came walking in the garden in the cool of the day, looking for Adam. Adam ain't never been late for lunch. Come on, somebody. God shows up to the restaurant and he, that brother ain't there. So he went looking for him. It didn't make sense. Why would a God search for a man who's in sin? Now, you think when Adam and Eve sinned, it like rocked God like he was surprised? No. He sought him anyway. So God encountered man first. Are y'all with me? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. So God encountered man first. We encounter God through Jesus Christ, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Adam and Eve jacked us up. It separated us from God. Come on, you guys know it's our sin that separates us from a holy God. See, if you don't recognize that you're a sinner, you won't know you need a Savior. See, it's something in your heart that money can't buy. 
It's something when you go to sleep at night and you have no peace that a, a 7,000 square foot crib can't do nothing for you. Right. Everybody know what a crib is? It's a house. Yeah. Y'all good? If you need a cultural translation of anything I say, just inbox Pastor Jake and be like, yo, what is a crib? Yes, a crib is where a baby sleep, but it's also a house. So catch it. So God, in his infinite love, when Adam and Eve messed up, still sought them. It don't make sense. That's why I'm glad I'm not God. Because when they would have jacked up. Now think about it. Adam and Eve had everything. The perfect temperature. Come on. Them brothers walked around naked. You know how good it got to be filled while walking around naked? They had trees that we don't even know exist today. Fruit, food. Them brothers was walking on gold. Clean water. Come on, somebody. They ain't need no filters. That brother just go, they, listen, they could bathe in the same water and drink it. Everything. If I was God, I'd be like, no, you jacked up. It's done deal. I gave you everything. It didn't make sense. But he saw them anyway. So except their sin separated us from God, but God was heartbroken. He said, yeah, you are in your sin, but I won't leave you that way. So he sent Jesus. This is why Jesus is the, is the most controversial, controversial figure in human history, because it doesn't make sense. A sinless lamb came, lives a sinless life and dies for you and I. God was so heartbroken that he was willing to give us his best so that we could be back in family with him. Are y'all with me? So let's look at this story played out. I'm going to give you a Bible story about this. If I could give a subtitle to this message, it would be the encounter. Everyone say the encounter. Go to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. 22 minutes. I'm going to rock this thing. Luke 19. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Luke 19.1. If you got your Bibles, phones. Don't come to church without your Bible, man. That's, that's like I love Jesus one-on-one. I bring my Bible to church. <laughs> then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. Everyone say today. Today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they, everyone say they. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has going to be against with the man who is a sinner. <laughs> then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, everyone say today. Today, today salvation has come to this house because he also was a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The encounter. So here it is. The Bible says that my man Zacchaeus was a tax collector and he was rich. But he sought to see who Jesus was. If I can give point number one, it would be you must seek him. Now, this brother was a tax collector. If you read anywhere in scripture, tax collectors was bogus. 
Like, yeah, they will overtax people so they can keep some paper in their pocket. Paper is just money. <laughs> they will overtax people so they can keep money on their own. And everybody knew it. They were dirty. That's why you read other scripture references in the Bible. It says, the Pharisee said, why has your master gone to eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see this all the time. Jesus hung out with these dudes and then what? Didn't make sense. So here it is, Zacchaeus, who was considered a sinner, tax collector, sought who Jesus was. In his sin, he sought Jesus. We get people to do stupid stuff on Saturday night and won't come to church on Sunday. Like the best thing you can do is come to church. Come on. It don't matter where you are, it's where you are. Everything with God is a heart issue. It ain't nothing you can do to earn salvation. Absolutely nothing. Your works ain't good enough to get with that brother. The only thing that qualifies us is the cross. Thank God, because brother, I wouldn't be standing here. No cross, no Lamores. He qualifies us. That's why you seek him. We get in our own feelings. We allow our thoughts to dictate our relationship with him when it's not the case. The cross is what dictates our relationship with him. So here's Zacchaeus, a sinner, tax collector, collector, heathen. The Bible says he sought to see who Jesus was. The Bible says he was a shorty. He was a little person. About to get politically correct. I'm in Kokomo, Indiana, trying to make it to the crib. You feel me? He was a short person. So the Bible says he climbed into a tree. Now, if you Google a sycamore tree in Jerusalem, the branches on the tree naturally grow higher. Now, I grew up in the Bugs Bunny era. How many of y'all remember Bugs Bunny? Come on, me out. Bugs was my dude. But I remember watching some cartoons when that brother couldn't get the limb of a tree. How many of y'all remember Bugs would hug that tree and scoot up the tree? Our pictures, our kids doing this. Come on. Now, he was short. He, we know he couldn't reach the bridge. Come on, somebody. Now, if that was me and I got paper and I'm rich, I would have found somebody six feet and be like, yo, can a brother get a boost in the tree? I'll throw you a little something. You know what I'm saying? No. Why? Because you got to seek him on your own. And sometimes you got to look silly. Come on. For Jesus. How many of you think Steve Jobs going to be climbing a tree? Come on. How many of you think Bill Gates going to be climbing a tree? Now that brother go buy one and plant it. No, you got to seek him on your own and sometimes you're going to look silly. People think, people think you go crazy coming to a church like this. They raising their hands doing worship? What the? Festivals? Come on. Petting animals? What kind of church? I'll tell you one thing, Jesus is there. That's all that matters. Come on. My family thought I was crazy. I get saved and the most influential man in my life was a white pastor. So I'm driving from the city to the suburbs to church. My family thought I was crazy. Come on. How many of you know when God wants to get something to you, he'll get it if you open and willing? I didn't care what color that brother was. He influenced my life. Call me crazy. Call me a sellout. Whatever you want. I knew God was there and I wanted him. Zacchaeus knew Jesus was coming by and he wanted to see who he was. So he climbed into a tree. So you're going to have to seek him. There's something you're going to have to do on your part to want to have an encounter with Jesus. You know what? It don't make sense. And that's okay because nothing in this stupid world makes sense. 
but everything in the kingdom does. You got to be a kingdom person. When you think kingdom, that's life change. Come on. So he climbed up in a tree to see who he was. This is so powerful. And when he was going to pass that way, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, the time out, time out. Have you ever wondered in scripture that Jesus never asked someone their name? You ever thought about that? Jesus never in scripture asked someone their name. He looked over at Peter and said, hey, Peter, what's the little man's name in the tree? Let me tell you something. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knew the moment you will be born, who you will be born to, and what generation you will be born, city, hospital. Come on. He was there when your parents was doing the do to have you. <laughs> you survived one out of 40 million sperm? <laughs> if you can survive that, you can survive anything. <laughs> Come on. Every single one of you a fighter. Yep. You outbeat 39 million. So when you're facing life, I don't want to hear no excuses. You're a fighter. There's a fight in you. Mm-hmm. All them other spurs, salty, they go. Never made it. <laughs> but you here? Yeah. Come on. I'd rather be breathing and have problems than be in the grave. Come on, somebody. So Jesus yells out this brother's name. Could you imagine Zacchaeus? He just wanted to see Jesus. Come on, I believe Zacchaeus was so shocked that Jesus knew his name, he fell out the tree. Y'all laughing? I'm going to prove it in the text. Oh, y'all think I'm crazy. So catch this. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. My God, it don't make sense. Why would Jesus call this knuckleheaded sinner to come to his crib? Two things. He's not talking about his house. He's talking about his heart. I'm going to show you that in the scripture too. But what's also amazing when you read the original text, when Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I got to come to your house. Jesus was excited. Who's excited to go hang out with dumb knuckleheaded people? It don't make sense. He was. If you read the original, Jesus was so excited. Do you know how much he gets excited over you? When one sinner comes to repentance, the entire heavens rejoice. I don't think we have an idea of how big heaven is. I believe heaven's a planet. Now, if heaven exists, let's just take from Jesus to today and all the believers who died, do you got to realize how big heaven is? All of I'm, surpri- I'm not surprised if the vibrations that scientists are picking up in space are praises. Could you imagine the entire planet rejoicing at the same time? There are no time zones in heaven. Come on. People in China, I don't know what they 20, 13 hours, they brother sleep or having dinner. Come on. You go to West Coast, they three hours behind. There's some delays around. But on heaven, when they praise, come on, somebody. Ain't no time zones. They do it all together. One sinner repents all of heaven, rejoices. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. 
My point is that he rejoices over you. God loves you so much. If you had a true revelation of his love for you, you wouldn't get off your face. He cares for you. He longs to be with you. It don't make sense. Lord, why me? Because of my son. Come on. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, everyone say that. They are the haters. So number one would be you must seek him. Number two, you must abandon what other people think about you. You can't care what people think. Here it is, Zacchaeus coming out that tree and here come the haters. If you ain't got no haters, I have to question if you're really doing something with your life. Come on. I really have to question if you're really walking with Jesus if you don't have haters. Haters reveal that you have purpose. Haters just don't hate to hate. Haters hate because they envy who you are. So here it is. This brother just wanted to see Jesus. Jesus calls him out and the hater shows up. And look what they say. They all complained. That other word also means they all murmured. They all grumbled. Saying he has going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. You know why you shouldn't look at weaknesses and call them out to others? Because you wouldn't want nobody looking at yours. It's amazing what we do. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I don't think we understand what that means. What Jesus was saying is you need to love your neighbor just as much as you desire and want to be loved. I don't know you. I desire to be loved big time. There's only two conditions of the human heart. Pain and love. Every single one of you desire to be loved and every single one of you will face pain. It's called life. The question is, how much pain are you going to inflict on others or how much love are you going to give them? You got to work on you. If you married in this room, stop looking at your spouse. If you dating or engaged and you think you're going to change somebody, you got to get out now. You can't change. If Jesus can't change, then what more do you think you are? Come on. Don't be in your marriage trying to change one another. The moment you change, they get a fruit of it. How many of you guys remember? I grew up in the projects, right? We used to have all-out water gun fights. Like block on block. We used to go against each other block. You feel me? And when you next to somebody and you get hit with the water gun, how many of you guys know that some of that water gonna splash off on you? It's the same thing over your relationship with God. Don't try and change your spouse. The more you fall head over the hills in love with Jesus, it'll spill off on your spouse. The problem is you have to make Jesus your first love. Jesus does not want to be number one on a list of ten. He wants to be number one on a list of one. If you make him your first love, everything else will line up. And this was a revelation for me because I wasn't loved. I didn't have the nurturing of a mother. I was 10 months when I lost my mother. And during that 10 months, she was never around. My mother was a prostitute. She wasn't around. Then I don't have a father. 
And thank God for my grandma. I know she cared for me, but I still didn't have that love. And it affected me. Still working through it today. So when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and the love that he has comes in you, it can't help but to affect those around you. And that's my goal. That the Jesus who lives on the inside of me will come out and affect everyone I come in contact with. I don't know who that was for, but I better get back to my message. <laughs> That's how my kids say fur. They don't say for, they say fur. <laughs> so haters, don't worry about what other people think about you. I tell my players all the time, never allow another person's opinion of you to become your reality. Right. You got to live in God's reality. Some of you still living in the words of your 7th and 8th grade teacher. Some of you still living in the words of parents who told you you weren't going to amount to anything, you ain't nothing. Some of you living in the words of past relationships of men calling you ugly and fat and not good enough. Some of you men living in words, in the reality of you're not smart enough. That idea is stupid. Those are lies from the pit of hell. You live in God's reality which says you're more than a conqueror. What the heck is more than a conqueror? I'm good at just being a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Not some things. All things. That's who you are. That's the reality you choose to live in. If I lived in the reality of other people, Mrs. Brink and Mr. Stephan, come on, I could go down the list. I wouldn't be in front of you today. So you must abandon what other people say about you. Look what Zacchaeus said, verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood. I told you he fell out that tree. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Who did he say it to? Did he say anything to his haters? Stop posting on Facebook. It's stupid. So dumb. Ain't no way you finna get your point across right now. I mean, people be writing three pages of a comment. I'm like, B, I ain't finna read all this. I ain't got time. You better call me. stop wasting time addressing your haters Zacchaeus didn't give them a second he looked straight at Jesus Jesus is what the author and finisher of our come on he authored your life and he's going to finish it why you worried about what people say about you ain't nobody getting a chapter in my book no bro you don't qualify Mm -mm. it ain't happening G I give half my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Number three, you got to change. You must seek him. Don't worry about what other people think about you, and you got to change. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the moment you're on a journey of maturity. Zacchaeus said, you know what, if I've done anything. In other words, Zacchaeus repented. He repented. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn away. You was going north, but you decided to go south. You was going east, then you decided to go west. He didn't go northeast. He didn't go southwest. To turn means to turn away from. He repents. He said, man, if I've done anything, Lord. See, your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus is you taking a step of saying, I want to change. If you could have changed yourself, you would have did it a long time ago. You can't change yourself. You got to rely on him. He is the greatest change agent of all time. Amen. 
Zacchaeus looked at Jesus and said, Lord, man, I want to make it right. And look what Jesus said. And Jesus said to him, did Jesus address the haters? No. Look how intimate it was already. He looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at him. Jesus wants you to look at him. He wants your face flint towards him. He wants your face stuck on his. Today, salvation has come to this house. Now, either they made it to Zacchaeus' house that fast or he was talking about something else. Today, salvation wants to come to your heart. Because he also is a son of Abraham. What did the haters call him? Talk to me. What did the haters call Zacchaeus? A sinner. What did Jesus call him? A son. You are a son and daughter this morning. You're forgiven this morning. You're redeemed this morning. The question is, what step are you going to take to walk in it? He is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The whole time Zacchaeus was seeking Jesus, who was seeking Zacchaeus? He's seeking you this morning. The question is, are you going to turn to him? Are you going to repent? Are y'all hearing me? Jesus is seeking Zacchaeus. The only thing he had to do was turn. He didn't say, hold on, Jesus, I'm going to come out the tree. I got to run to the crib. I got to get the idols out of my life. I got to delete the porn off my... No. Right where he was, he turned to Jesus. Where are you this morning? There's nothing you have that qualifies you. It's all of what he did that qualifies you. This is why it don't make sense. Like, we don't got to do nothing but say yes. That's the easiest thing. Our job is to believe that God would do his job. That's easy. We got a track record of 6,000 years of that brother keeping his word. Numbers 23, 19 is, is, is our family scripture. For God is not a man that he should lie. God can't lie. So what step are you going to take this morning? Are you going to turn? Even though it don't make sense, we got a track record that he keeps his word. And the moment it doesn't make sense is the moment you know it's God. Every head bow, every eye closed in this place. Hey, thanks for listening today, and maybe you're out there, and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real, and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional, and, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. In Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.